What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. We got two-thirds of the crew today. We got myself. We got Isaac. Uh, we got apparently what the Grizzlies, whatever illness the Grizzlies had and ran through the team is also run through Sports Ethos Podcast. David is still on, out on into reserve right now. He's still <laughs> sick. I'm, I'm just recovering from being sick. And so that's what you got today. But anyway, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, the Grizzlies won last night's game uh, against the LA Lakers. Uh, what a one twenty seven to one thirteen, and man, it's a lot to talk about. So Isaac, I'll start off with you, man. Just a word. What are your, what were your takeaways from this game? When when it was one, it was definitely an exciting game to watch, so for sure. So what was your some of your biggest takeaways? Um, just looking at the game in, in general, man, and and just kind of looking at everything from a, a broader scope, this was a big win. Uh, because you you go back to that three game homestand and and going into that homestand, I was kind of looking at that as a situation where they really needed to go three and zero. Uh, you had that Sacramento game on New Year's Eve, um, followed by the Spurs and then the Raptors. You look at that, man, and you think at some point this team has to to start winning games on the home floor. I mean, the best right. home record in the NBA last year at thirty five and six, and we're not even halfway through the season right now. They're three and thirteen. They've over doubled how many home losses they had in the entirety of the season last year. Like I said, not even halfway through the season. It's just weird because the grindhouse has always been one of the the best on court events in the NBA, man. And for some reason, they just haven't been able to get it done there. So you're even since Jock came back, really. Uh, so you looked at that homestand and you were like, okay, they these are three games that they need to win. They were actually favored in all three games and they end up going one and two. <laughs> you're looking at this road trip like, man, they could go 0-3 on this trip. And even looking at the games they got coming out of that home, that this this road trip at home, it wasn't looking good. Uh, so, man, to be able to get this victory last night, I think this, this could be the the start of something. This could be the start of a turnaround, but it was one that was important because you lose, you go zero and three on this trip, man. And you have to start thinking about maybe it might be time to pull the plug. Like you might not be able to to get back in the, into this thing. So that kind of put the victory in perspective. Before the game itself, uh, it's kind of a a tale of two games. Uh, early in the first half, we, we saw some of the kind of the same things that we've been seeing from this team: struggles with the rotations, Taylor Jenkins. With some wild lineups out there, uh, I think there was one where he had, who was it, Ja, um, Ja, Marcus Smart, Zaire, David Roddy, and Xavier Tillman. And I'm like, man, you, there, there's no reason to ever have Zaire or Roddy uh, on the floor at the same time. Like, I mean, that's coaching malpractice uh, at, at, at his finest right there, man. I just didn't get it, especially when you have guys back, especially when you now have Marcus Smart and Luke Kennard. I know. Right. Uh, Williams or Vince Williams Jr. is out, but there's still no reason to have those guys on the floor. So you had all that kind of crazy stuff going on, and you're like, man, same old, same old. Um, the Lakers were kind of punking them early on. Uh, LeBron was knocking down threes at a crazy rate, and you're like, man, this is going to be just like what we've seen, man. Um, it's just business as usual. Uh, and something toward the end of that second quarter clicked. Um, I, I, I give Taylor Jenkins props because I think he coached well in the second half of this game, but I think it started at the end of the second half. I, I really like the fact that he brought Ja back in. He saw that they were struggling offensively. Uh, ja came back in. I think he hit, hit two threes in like two minutes, man, and it really kind of gave him some momentum going into halftime. Um, and in the second half, I think you had that situation where <laughs> Taylor Jenkins out on the court. looks like he's at a defensive stand, man. He's running out there uh, with the situation where you had with, with Jaron and – and LeBron, like LeBron, elbowed Jared in the face. Jared did have his arm. Uh, I, I, if, if you go back and look at that play, when I first saw it, I was like, man, that's super dirty. But Jared was holding on to his arm. Um, yeah. And LeBron does stuff like that. But I, I don't think that was as bad as it initially looked. But it was great to see Taylor Jenkins fired up and, and defending his guys like that. And I think that really gave these guys a boost. Because after then, I mean, they really took over the game. Man, you had Bain uh, knocking down threes. And Marcus Smart, uh Man, eight of fourteen from three. I, I I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, eight of fourteen for three. Man, I don't, I don't know where that came from. Uh, but he had the torch, man, in that game. And I mean, he was really able to carry them offensively. And you look at this statue; it's a thing of beauty. I mean, you score 127 points and only get 16 points off the bench. I mean, that's pretty pretty impressive. Uh, so everybody that started lined up trip really kind of got over it. the narrative that been that AD was his kryptonite. It wasn't, man, he 
he must have had that one circled last night because he came in the game, asserted himself early, showed that we, he wasn't going to back down. I'm not, I'm not going to say he shut AD down or anything, but he was going right at him on the offensive end, wasn't backing down, um, and and had a fantastic game. And I think outplayed AD. Uh, yeah, like I said, you had Marcus Smart doing what he did. And Zaire Williams, man, really stepped up out the bench, really the only thing. He had 15 points and six Xavier Timmons at one point. So that's just 16 out the bench. He was knocking down big threes in the third and fourth quarter, uh, catching lobs from Ja. I really missed that. That was something we hadn't seen in a in a long time. And it was just fun to watch, man. It was just Grizzlies basketball, especially in that late third and fourth quarter, man. The Grizzlies just kind of kind of got the momentum and, and ran off on them, man. It, it was really, really fun to watch down the stretch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with you about the sentiment coming into the game just because, you know, I really didn't have any confidence they were going to be able to do anything. You know, we've no, seen it in L.A., so many times at this point, you know, coming off the back of that playoff series, it just really felt like at a time when it used to be that they used to go in L.A. and run them ragged. So ever since they yeah. made those trades, it just became impossible to to win at L.A. So, man, I was just like, let's not get embarrassed on national TV. Like, let's <laughs> let's let's look like we got something, because really, to me, yes, it's super critical that they won one of these games. Because like you said, they were going to have to steal one. But to me, it matters more how they won than that they won. We've seen them win games. I mean, they won a game against the Spurs, and nobody was happy walking away from that game because the offense just looked so bogged down and looked so stagnant. They just didn't play well, was so sloppy. And so it was really nice for them to put together a game where the offense finally was clicking. Now, to to I will put this out there. A lot of people are praising Jenkins and his coaching. They took like 45 threes in this game. Yeah. And this is still one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league. Is that a strategy for success moving forward? Yeah. Absolutely not. But no, this ain't, they're not gonna shoot 51% from three. So no. if you're thinking, thinking this is something that's gonna continue, man, you you can forget that. This that blueprint in that game, it was great to see, but that's not how they're gonna win games night in and no. night out. Sometimes no. they're gonna get hot, but that that's not usually how it's gonna happen. No, I hope they on uh I hope they don't continue that strategy moving forward because otherwise it's really <laughs> not, not going to be a good look going forward. But but they had a, a hot night, man, and, and and for once it was effect, infectious through the whole team. And so, man, it really – you know, for me, I didn't even see this game as two different halves, really. I was pretty impressed with what I saw in the first quarter, especially in the second quarter. But even in the first quarter, they – I mean, they ultimately ended the first quarter uh, 38-29 – but I'm going, LeBron was four for four from three. And if LeBron's four for four from three to start the game, I just had a feeling that he's he was gonna chuck him up. You know, and I was thinking he'd kind of chuck him up and, and get in the rhythm and then he start he start missing him in the end. You know, stuff like that, getting hot at the beginning of the games. That doesn't really bother me. <laughs> it really doesn't. Most of the time, there's gonna be some regression to the mean, especially when you're not missing anything, which is the case with LeBron. So I was pretty optimistic that they were still in that game and just dealt with some, some, I mean, bro made some shots, man, in that first quarter. I'm not, yeah. it wasn't even one of those situations where like you're mad because it wasn't a closeout. No, because he, I remember that one he hit over something. I mean, something yeah. was in his grill and he just drained. I'm like, at that point, you just tip your cap. I mean, right. there's nothing you can really do about that. Right, exactly. So I'm like, given the circumstances, given what they just withstood, I liked what I saw. I liked the juice I saw them playing with. I liked the defensive effort I saw them playing with. And that carried into the second quarter, which we know the Grizzlies have been historically, historically bad <laughs> in the second quarter. And man, when they were able to, to well, actually outscore them 29, 29 21, 21 in that second quarter. And I'm like, yeah, this is a game. Because <laughs> if they can stay, I mean, the problem has been, it's not been that the the team has really struggled. Well, they have struggled some in the third. But it's really they play great in the fourth. They they I think that's even been true before Ja came back. Just the yeah, yeah, the fourth quarter definitely been so, in the quarter all year, pretty much. Right, they just go down these huge holes in the second quarter, and they have to spend the whole second half digging themselves out of it. And sometimes they just couldn't. Sometimes they could, and then it just wouldn't be enough in the end. You didn't have Ja, didn't have a closer, and so you lose a lot of games. But for me, that was a huge thing to see. Um, I like the ball movement that was going on quite a bit in this game. There's a bang, man. Shout out this. I know there's a lot of people to there's a lot of heroes here in this game right here. But 13 assists. Man, 13 assists from your shooting guard. 
from, that is De- from Desmond Bain, who who was on fire himself. I mean, I, he always starts off a little slow, and then he kind of gets his stuff going in the second half. I wasn't really too worried. I was impressed with how many assists he had uh, going into halftime. I'm like, man, this guy's dishing. A lot of that had to do with the assist to market smarts on him making them. Um, but, man, um, really shout out to him, Dez. A tr- tremendous performance. Tremendous performance from all the guys, though. You really, you really saw what the team could be talent-wise, and you saw what the what the front office envisioned when they got Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart still made incredible defensive plays. He still had uh, he had well, he only had one steal, but he just sort of seemed to bother um guys like LeBron. I think he did a really good job in that second half, especially. On locking LeBron down, both him and Jaron would kind of switch on him, make it tough for him, really make him have to work for it. And he did so without getting in a ton of foul trouble. So you like to see that part. Uh, Marcus was playmaking. He had five assists himself. So you really just saw when this team was clicking, what they could be. And so that was another really encouraging thing to me about seeing, you know, all four guys get over 20, <laughs> over 20 points. That's I mean, that's just... You know, you really haven't seen that, haven't really been able to see that in in, in Grizzlies history, really, I think. <laughs> Not that I, I mean, there are too many performances where you're going to have five guys go over 20, particularly against uh, Fairly, and I know the Lakers are floundering right now. But overall, they've been a pretty good opponent to play, especially when they've been a tough matchup for you. So it's still a battle of victory. It's not like it's the Pistons or anything. Like, you really, you got the, you, you had the, well, you had to work for it. Um. So yeah, man, just just a ton of shout out. I, I want to shout out uh, Biz Mac for actually getting some rebounds yeah. tonight. Actually, um, hold on to the ball. <laughs> hold, he held on to the ball. Yeah, and that's it, an improvement. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's and it's a weird because uh, I know you mentioned us on Twitter, but I don't know what's Hella Jenkins got going on with the center thing. I really don't. He DMP'd uh, Xavier Tillman for like two games, and then he's going against AD, where he usually plays his best. Like weirdly, historically, he's had really good games against the Lakers and AD. And then you take him out of the starting lineup, but I guess he was a profit in this one because it, it seemed to work out in their favor. Because I think uh, Biz did a a decent job um, on, on AD. Like you said, they had ten rebounds. Actually, caught the basketball and finished it when he had his opportunities. Probably one of his best games since that group of early games when he first got there. Well, he had a really good game. Um, the game before he was benched, actually, yeah. I can't remember. Was yeah. it the Spurs? I think it was yeah, the Spurs game. Spurs, yeah, that he had. He actually really had a good game then too, and then he got subbed out for Tillman randomly, which was a strange move. And then they started Tillman last game. Now they went back to starting Bismack, which was <laughs> just really, really weird how these lineups. Yeah, these I, don't I don't know. I really don't know what, 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 the, what, what the thinking is or what the strategy is for that, because I'm not going to say Bismack did a good job on AD. AD got 31 points, so he got... Yeah, he didn't do a good job, but I guess, I mean, most people... AD is usually... He going to stop himself. Like, usually you aren't... When he's on, you're not going to stop him. Like, when he, when he doesn't play well, it's usually just because of him. People don't usually... DM up, but I, I think for what you could expect for a tournament big like like Biz, I think he did a, a, a much better job than you would have expected going in because, like you said, he had, did have a decent game against the Spurs, but outside of that, for a while, he's really, really been struggling. So, I, I mean, I don't know what I mean. The whole team, like you said, I think it showed the ceiling of, of what this team could be, what this offense could be. And you talk about their defense in that second half. One thing that I really noticed that's different than when they played the Lakers. They had a habit of doubling, take running double teams at LeBron. They weren't doing that in this game. They were just running different guys at him. Like you said, switching on, switching different guys on them. They weren't running that double team, and I think that really gave them problems. The Lakers really exploited their double team. Like back when they played them in the playoffs, that was a big-time issue, them double-teaming guys, and then he just kicked out guys like Rui, guys knocking out threes. They didn't do that at all, man. They stayed home. They just switched back and forth on guys that didn't run a double team on them. And I thought that kind of really – kind of bogged the Lakers' offense down. They couldn't really figure it out, and they struggled and took a lot of bad shots in the second half, and I think they kind of played right into the Grizzlies' hands, and Ja got going downhill, and once he once he gets into that mode, you can just tell there's a different feeling uh, on, on the game. It, it gets scary. Like, you can feel like something. Every time he gets that ball, he gets downhill, and it, when he's pushing up the court, you feel like something's positive is going to happen on the other end, man, and we saw it time and time again. I mean, those lobs to 
to Z, man, just beautiful. Just yeah. good to see those again. And, and the thing with Zaire, man, it, it, it's so frustrating because you you see this type of play. And I tweeted this out last night. And you're like, man, where where is this being? I understand that Ja's back out there, but even with Ja at times, he doesn't always do this with Ja. I mean, he was knocking down shots and hitting threes and doing, and I mean, 15 points off the bench, man. If he could even be half of that, if he could give you eight points um, on, a, on a nightly basis and be efficient and just go out there and play solid defense, I mean, he would be a big plus. And sometimes he just looks like he doesn't b- b- belong on the NBA court, and then you get what you get last night, man. It's just kind of frustrating because you see the talent is there, especially going back to what he did his rookie year. So you know it's in there somewhere. You saw it earlier in this season. He came out confidence, and somehow he just – loses it for, for periods. And I, I don't know what it is with him, man. Honestly, I, it's, it's broken clock performance to me. I'm I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I, I'm, not I'm not fully buying in on the Kool-Aid, but it's just, you see these flashes from him at times. And it's frustrating because you like, it's in there. Like he knocked out over all, all you need him to do. You don't even need him to do be what he was last night. If if he could just come out and hit a, a three or two, Come out and play solid defense tonight, man. He would be good, but most of the time he's unplayable, and that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, it was it was nice to see from Zaire. Um, I I hope it helps raise his trade value because this team needs a center. Um, <laughs> Get him out here. <laughs> so, I think that's the best thing he can do for us is play lights out from now on through the trade deadline. Um, gone and gone and turn up Zaire. But honestly, if Vince comes back, I really want to see Vince back in the rotation. But yeah, for sure. but. But anyway, Sayer for me, he did play well in this game. I want to give him credit. I think the reason I'm not as sold is because he still has so much herky-jerky to his game, still so much that's not under control. A lot of factors have to go right. It yeah. has to be the right don't matchup. You don't want to see him on the ball, that's for sure. I, yeah. I'm out on that. For, no, no dribbling. No dribbling. Just catch the, <laughs> catch, the, catch the lob, man, and then shoot the three, play defense. You don't need no putting the ball on the floor, no trying to make moves, cross over. I don't want to see none of that because – he just ain't there, man. The dribble just he ain't got the handle. Yeah, no, for sure. He he doesn't. But even even on defense, I mean, like he's just so herky jerky trying to get around screens and he's so you know, he if you if you if you know who if if you have an experienced guy that's matched up with him, he's gonna know how to take advantage of that and get a, get you know, get Zaire in foul trouble. I still think it's there was just too much to the game that I still saw that, you know, he did well, but yeah. I still saw so many elements of what makes him struggle just so happens he was able to stay in front of his man this particular matchup he didn't do as much sagging off as he normally does or the Lakers didn't make him pay for it because sometimes they did <laughs> and they just couldn't hit the shot so that's also the thing too with the Lakers you know had a, a normal Grizzly shooting game for the most part and they were 10 to 28 35 percent so some of those threes that uh Zaire normally leaves open that guys hit Lakers just couldn't make them pay so he didn't have to really pay for it on the defensive end. And, um, you know, those half court, I mean, the lobs, you're right about that. That's the one thing I will say has always been a shining point about Zaire that you wouldn't miss if you traded him. But, yeah, it ain't worth it anyway. But shout out to Zaire for playing two good <laughs> games in a row. <laughs> it's the first time in Grizzlies history, from what I understand, that he's had uh, 15-point games or double-digit games, something like that. Sean Coleman had the stat. Yeah, I was about to say shout out to Sean. Shout out to Sean. I don't want to misquote it, but he, he was super excited about to me, that's just discouraging. Cause he in what? Year three. And we just now seeing that. So, so to me, that only indicates that like it's time to move on. But I understand those who who might be fooled by the goal. Anyway, that's all right. We'll say we can <laughs> But what's what's the most ironic about this game is this was the most threes that the Grizz have made. They made 23 threes on 51% on the biggest, most threes they've ever hit on the road in franchise history. And they did that without Luke Kennard making a single three yeah. points. Um, man, that's wild to me. I think that's probably the the wildest part of all of this is that, I mean, you didn't get anything from anybody else from your bench. And, and normally – I know they, they score 127 points and you only got 16 points off the bench. That's that's pretty hard to do. Yeah, that's wild to be honest. That's, that's real wild. It's, and it's a, it's a little scary, but I'm going to choose to take it as an overall positive because I think more often than not, Sanji's going to give you something. My goodness. I, I, that, that's what's going to be my next point, I, the, the touch on Sonny. Man, I, I know people people love Sonny, and I, I'm, I'm a fan of his too, the development from 
what he was to to what he turned into, man. But he's I, I think he need to have a conversation on on how bad he's been defensively, man. He's yeah. been a cone, man. Like at the point about being unplayable at times, and then when he doesn't give you anything on the offensive end, that makes it tough. Which I I do give Taylor Jenkins credit with that. He's had a short lease on him lately. Uh, he only played nine minutes tonight. There was another game where he barely played at all after the first quarter. So he's, I think he's seeing that and making adjustments. And I had to get credit where he's due. I'm not going to go too crazy. Like, I think anybody that follows me on Twitter or listens to anything I say knows my thoughts on Taylor Jenkins and where we are with that. But I do give him credit when it's due. And he has had a short lease at Sonny when Sonny's killing you defensively. Like I said, only played nine minutes last night. Uh, didn't score, only had one steal. Uh, so I think he saw how how bad he was struggling defensively, so he took him out of that game. Um, Luke Kennard, I think last night, sometimes he's just missing shots. I think last night, I don't think they did a, a great job. He was 0-3, but I don't think they get, did a great job of getting him looks last night. Yeah, um, no. I, I think they need to do a better job of finding because he's too good of a shooter, and your team is too short on shooters to not run offense for him. You got to find a way to get him solid looks, and I don't think he did that last night. A lot of games, he... He kind of creates his own looks, but last night I just don't feel like he he missed those three that he took, but I just don't feel like he was really got looks within the offense, the type of looks that he should have got. And to your point about Luke, it's a good point because, you know, this is actually, I agree with you that they could have done a better job to get him open, but other guys were hitting so much. I get how that's not that yeah. much of a priority, but um, I think the Lakers really just like, you got to have somebody attached. Like, I mean, he did his job out there in the court because Luke didn't take I mean, a shot that was wide open. Any no, not at all. Took, I was say, he didn't get a good look all night, really. Exactly. Any, any shot that he took, he would he was kind of taking a chance. And I like to see that because, you know, you always worry with guys like Luke. Um, you know, same thing. Sometimes Conchar has an issue. LaRavia, who can never shoot anyway, but always but has an issue with pulling <laughs> trigger. You want guys to be aggressive. Um, you know, he did only take four shots, but I feel like every shot he took, I was happy to see him take that type of shot. Because, you know, it was guarded, it was contested, and he was just sort of looking to see if it would go in tonight. And, and Luke is not the type. If it's not going down, he's not going to over – he's not going to push the issue. Yeah. So, I think he saw it wasn't going down, and he just kind of left it at that. But I saw people, you know, a couple criticisms of Luke saying he wouldn't – if you're not hitting threes, it's not a point to have him on the court. I, I disagree with that. As exactly. I, I, I tweeted about that last night. He also had three rebounds, four assists, and he had a steal. He had that yep. – Force turnover where he just didn't give up on that play, man. Then they end up getting they scored on that. And then they got, I think, another turnover on the inbound off yep. of that. So one thing about Luke is, man, he has physical limitations that's going to stop him from being a, a plus defender. But he's active on both ends. Like on the offensive end, he's moving, trying trying to get the spots. And on defense, he's always doing something. He's not sitting still. Like a lot of guys that fit his profile that are kind of just just basically three point shooters. They yep. just kind of stand around. They don't really get involved in, in, in what's going on. That's not him. He's trying to get, he tries to get in passing lanes. He tries to take charges. He tries to rebound. He sticks his nose in there. So I, I appreciate his effort. He always gives good effort. It's just some physical limitations that's going to stop him from on the defensive end. Guys are going to get around him because he just doesn't have the foot, foot speed, but he tries on that end. It's not like he just goes out there and, and, and doesn't put in the effort because I, I noticed that on both ends, he's always doing something. He's just not right. standing still, watching, waiting for the ball to try to get a three-point shot. Right, which is really important for that second unit because they don't have a lot of guys who they who will move, who will cut, who will do anything. And so, I mean, he's just like a pinball out there. He's like always mo moving around here. He's on this side. He's at this spot. I mean, he's moving yep. around all the time. Got a nose to just forgetting. He, he's not a volume rebound getter, but it seems like the rebounds he gets. Yeah, he, he's solid. Yeah, they swing momentum. Like he 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 just makes winning contracts. Contract the same way when he makes those yeah. plays. He's kind of just seems to have a knack for getting rebounds that that, that matter. Like in getting the mix, you have a rebound that's important. You got two or three guys there, and somehow he comes up with it, and you're surprised. They they just seem to have a knack of making those kind of plays. Exactly, exactly. So I, I really I wouldn't really want to give him a shot. I know he didn't have any, he didn't get any points, but I really think that he was helpful, particularly because that bench unit we saw was struggling to score so much. So to still get four assists when you played on a bench unit that couldn't do much of nothing is a really big deal. It's also a big deal because, you know, that's one thing that we liked about having Luke was his ability to play make and that he would just be, you know, to say he's covered, right? He took our opportunity 
he took four shots. He took two. He had four assists. You know what I mean? Like he he basically told us every time that you know if he wouldn't take a shot, he was gonna try to pass it out to get somebody else an open look, and and it was able to go down for him. He was able to work out for the team. So, so shout out to Luke, man. I mean, like I said, I know it wasn't a great game for him, but I think people really underrate. Um, just what he brings to the table outside of the shooting. I think it's easy to ignore those small things that he does. And it is a small thing, but I think it makes him more valuable than people think. Um, and now there's sometimes it, well, he just will be a traffic cone. It's just what he is. What yeah, because yeah, <laughs> it's just physical limitations. Just he can't he can't do anything about it, but it's definitely not not from lack of effort. Uh, yeah. one, one thing when I look at the stat sheet, another positive, they, they want to rebound in battle. Um, and that's yeah. not – for a team that struggles rebounding, you're going up against kind of a big front line with, with AD. You got LeBron, who's a good rebounder. You don't really expect that. Um, and they won it 44. What's that? 44 to 38. Uh, they did get out, out rebound the Lakers with eight offensive rebounds, Grizzlies with six, but they went overall battle. I think that's uh, really good. And you just kind of look down the stat sheet. I mean, pretty much everybody contributed. Uh, yeah, Ja with seven, uh, Bain with five, uh, Trip with nine, and people, Bismack with 10, and people want to talk about trip and how soft he is and AD's gonna punk him out. Man, 31 and 9, man. I, I just want you to pay attention there with three blocks. 11 to 14 from the field going up against AD, man. Just make sure that 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 uh praises allows your criticism. That, that's all I gotta say, man. Cause he he takes a lot of a lot of hate on, on the timeline from 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 Grizzlies fans and I, I just don't get it. I mean you people want him to be a certain way and you just have to realize that he He's he's Jerry Jackson Jr. He's not those guys. He's right. not gonna do things the same way. I mean, he's just you want him to be this big physical presence. That's just not what he's gonna be night in and night out. Like that's just yeah. not what he is. He has more of a finesse to his game, but he's the All Star last year and Defensive Player of the Year. And I've always said when it comes to the Grizzlies, especially if you you're not Ja Morant, if you get named All Star, you earned it because they're yeah. not gonna give the Grizzlies anything. So that, that lets you know the type of season that he had last year and the respect that people had for him around the league, man. It, it, I just – I don't get – I've never seen I, – I don't know. I don't I don't know what some people are watching. Like, it's like they're watching a different game than than what I see out there. Because even last night, people were still on the timeline cooking him. Like, yeah. I'm like, what do, you, what do you watch? I'm like, this man is put on a master class right now. Y'all still tripping, talking about, man, he saw he this and that. I, I just don't get it, man. Yeah, and I, and I talked about this on Twitter. I just I actually just put out a, a soliloquy, if you will, on Twitter about it because I really feel like it, it comes down to Jaron not having a dog-type personality that, that they want from their start. They feel like with it, him being such a big guy, his size, he should just be this physically dom dominant, superior guy. And I just don't think that's his game. And he's, no, he's, it's just not. He's a, fin I mean, he's a finesse player. But, man, it's a finesse lead. I mean, exactly. if, any, if, any, if any there's a time or era to, to be – Finesse is now like it works, and to be honest, physical dominating can get you. I mean, you're gonna have a flaw in a player, and I think people just overlook that. I mean, if he had, if he was a double digit rebound guy, he's like MVP candidate. Like <laughs> he's he's. I, I don't think people realize that. Like you know, the offensive production that you get from him, he's averaging 21 points per game right now. I mean, sure, yes, he gets you more rebounds, but a lot of those guys who get you more rebounds. Aren't averaging twenty one points per game. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, if he was doing all of that, like you said, he'd be the best. He'd be the best player in the league. I mean, right. <laughs> like the, mean, the, the, the the expectation is just so just sky high for for him. Just because I mean, yeah, he's not a top. He's not a top seventy five player in the in. The, I mean, Giannis and AD, man, those are top seventy five players. Okay, he's not them. He's not a top seventy five player. So what, man? <laughs> so what? He's still one of the best out here in, in the I was league. Say, a lot of people, most people aren't. That's, that's the thing. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't understand the criticism. But, sh but shout out to him, man, shout for out. kind of going against that narrative. Because, like I said, it, it seems like AD has been his kryptonite. It seems like he kind of kind of does go in the shell when he plays against AD at times. But that wasn't the case. Wasn't the case last night at yeah. all. I, I think he had been waiting for that when he wanted to shut some of those doubters up and you look at these numbers, 31-9, an assist, three blocks, man, super efficient, 11 of 14 from the field, five of six from three, perfect from the free throw line, and did this in only 30 minutes. So, right. uh, man, it, that that was a, 
uh, all-star level performance last night. I don't think there's any question about that. They, they went tip for tat. They really did. They they went tip yeah. for tat. Both got 31 points. But like you said, Jaron did his less minutes. So it really was a, a tremendous a tremendous thing for him. And, and there's one, one more point I wanted to make about the whole Jaron thing, the Jaron discourse, is that, you know, one thing I think people forget about is for all of the big mans who just, who just want an interior presence, man, those dudes get run off the floor come playoff time. I mean – your big rebounders, your slow guys, your you're just your big bruisers. Most of the time, even if they are that in the regular season, man, you can't count them come, come playoff time because they don't have the versatility that you. You see it with Stephen Adams. Exactly, exactly. So you, you just got to think, you know, pros and cons, man. You can get rebounding through the regular season and stuff like that to offset that. But I mean, you got a big man who can stay on the court whether it's regular season or, um, or playoffs. You know, because he's so versatile. So. Anyway, that's I'm gonna lay my plan on, on, on that one right there. But but shout out to Jaron. I've been defending him all week. I was one that was on him because he regressed for quite some time. He had a really bad stretch where he was only like shooting like 29% from the flow and he wouldn't finish. Yeah. He wasn't doing nothing. Everything had dropped. So I'm gonna call him out when he when when it's fair, when it's right. Oh, for sure. But when is when when he's playing well, and which most of the time he is, I think I, I think that was that was my first true criticism of Jaron was that stretch when he just was struggling with everything and nothing was going well and it had been a long stretch of time, but he bounced back. So, you know, I think people really do need to, you know, some of the good, man, but let's see when we, we didn't did all this and we ain't even talked about Ja. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I was going to say, I think, and, and I do think that during that time when Jared was struggling, like you talked about it and Ja wasn't looking, I think both of them were still fighting through something. Um, and, and I was going to talk about Ja. I think he, whatever he was going through, he he finally broke out of it because you yes. he had his explosives in his back. I think you saw it at the end of that Spurs game, which was crazy because at halftime everybody was holding their breath, thinking then he might be done for the year. That didn't look good at all, and then he comes back out and just has his burst of mm -hmm. all of a sudden, man, was able to to, to prevail them to a win in that game. He had the big dunk uh, against Wimby, and, and I think it continued uh, into this game. I think you saw him really back. This really looked like he was back um, in, in this game. Man, his explosiveness uh, seemed to to be having fun again. Like those those games, the Toronto game and uh, most of the Spurs game and the game before that, he just didn't look didn't look right. Like he, he right. just didn't look like he was having fun out there. Didn't seem to have the same energy. And he had that back, and they need him to play at that level consistently to really have chance to win games. And he was he definitely did that in this game. Uh, so welcome back, welcome back, Jaws. I, I think. I'll give him a pass. I think he was struggling through sickness, but just glad to have him back out there because in order to win, especially against good teams, man, they need him to be playing at a, at a really, really high level. And when he doesn't do that, it's just kind of hard to do. Yeah, I do think that he was still the sick. The sickness was a factor that, and I think even the game I said, you could saw he, you know, um, I think I just think he was sort of bogged down. I think physically, just not himself. Um, but and and what's crazy is. He didn't just have a phenomenal game. Seven to seventeen from the floor. Um, he did have seven assists. Um, only two, well, two two turnovers. Um, he he rebounded okay. He had seven rebounds. So overall, well rounded. Three game. from three, which is he got got yes. three point shot looked looked good. Like I I knew he missed four, but like I just like the arc on it. It just looked better than it usually looks. So he was shooting that shot with confidence. Yeah, because because he had been really been struggling. Uh, from three before last night. So hopefully that's something that you can see. Cause if he can knock down a couple of those, a, a game, even two, that that's a big plus for this team. Yeah, that most definitely. And I just, I, I think I was encouraged by the fact that you didn't have to see him. There was no jaw takeover per se. You saw him yeah. get his, you saw us pick, you saw him pick his spots, but you saw him comfortable with other people sort of taking the reins. And I think that's going to be important going forward, especially with them having this big three, you know, my concern was would he still let you know would Jaron still be able to be himself in those moments? And it really like Josh sort of, even though Josh still got 17 touches, Jaron got 14, you still liked the balance with which they were all able to kind of pick and choose their spots, really. Or Josh was able to sort of orchestrate, okay, I didn't take over here and I can back off here. I just feel like he had a great feel for that this game. And I really hope that continues because they're gonna they're going to need that. There'll be times when they're going to need Ja to put on superhero cape. And sometimes he's put on superhero cape to the detriment of the team. That was an issue particularly last year in those four quarters where he would just yeah. sort of push the, you know, push it too much, you know, force too many things. But, man, that four quarter, he was kind of chilling. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it, you, you're right. It was it was good to see. It, it's good to see that this team can win a game like that going away without it having to be go get a buck that jaw every time. Yes. That that was really good and refreshing to see. I mean, we've seen we've seen at times where since Jaw's been back and all three guys have 20 plus points, but it was still at the end of the game, you felt like it was more Jaws so than the other other guys down the stretch, at least Bane probably maybe in the first half, but you usually feel like at the end, well, it was Jaw that kind of carried him. And that wasn't the case here. Uh, mm -hmm. I, this was a total team effort. And, and you're not going to get 29 points and eight or 14 from Smart all no. the time. But but <laughs> if he could hit, if he could hit two threes, I, I think uh, in a game, I think that helps. And that's, was real one positive because we know the situation he's dealing with the spin on the hand and hopefully he's over that because he he looked good again he's not gonna shoot eight or fourteen but if he can knock down shots even halfway the way he was doing last night I think that's a big plus because you look at him for his defense but when he's helping offensively and you got uh, Jaw uh, Trip and Bain doing what they're doing uh, that's that's pretty tough uh, to have those four guys doing that if, if Marcus Smart is being a an efficient contributor to the offense because that's what he was brought in here to do. We we saw Dylan take a lot of shots last year, but if we talk know about how inefficient he was, we just need you don't we don't need him to score necessarily 29 points. We just need right. him to score efficient offense. If he can get you 10 points, get a couple threes here and there and, and play the defense that he's playing, I I think you'll take that any night. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So I think that's that that and that to go back to my point that I first made, it really was a true, true team effort. Well, I'm sorry. It's a starter's effort because it was everything, everybody yeah. but the but but the bench. I mean, the bench was terrible. The bench was Zaire, and, and so so um, you do hope that you get a little bit more boost from your from your bench in this next upcoming game against the. Yeah, Suns, I think you but, you know you're gonna get more than that out of Luke at yeah. times. He, he's not gonna go oh zero put up a goose egg on most most nights, and Santi's not gonna put up a goose egg either on most nights. If he if he's out there and, and he's keeping him in the game, he's playing enough defense to keep him on the floor. He's gonna he's gonna knock down shots at times. Uh, even X, I mean, it's going to give you more than one point most of the time. So uh, you, you're not going to get 15 from Zaire all the time. I, I wouldn't get comfortable with that. But uh, wouldn't mind, like you said, man, it, it definitely helped his trade value because I think they're going to need if, if they – I think – and I want to talk about it. I, I think they're – someone asked me this the other day. I can't remember who it was on Twitter. How confident am I that they're actually going to do something? I, I, I'm at about 99% because their MO is – they don't do anything usually until it gets clear, like to the point to where they're bad against the wall. But like, okay, we got to do something at this point. And I think they're there. I mean, you look at this center position. This was also a season where I think they had really high expectations. They kind of changed kind of who they were, went out and got a vet like Marcus Smart. I think they were ready to compete. And with this thing starting off, going off the rails like that, I, I think they're going to look at this. I, I don't think – I don't think they're in a position to where they're going to say this is a lost season unless it gets so bad to where it just it it by organically becomes that. Um, I, I think they're going to try to keep this thing alive. And if they can, if they, the only way I don't see them really doing anything, and I think even then I would probably still make a move is if it gets to the point to where they, they look like they're completely out of it and they can't climb their way back out. I think if they're in any way, it looks like they're still in this race come February. I think they're going to make a move to try to put it over the top to try to push them into a position where they feel like, okay, we can really make a run at this play in the playoffs now. Uh, so I, I feel confident they're going to do something. I think they have to do something at center, and I still think there is a need for another bigger wing on this team. I still don't think, like I said, as much as I like Marcus Smart, I still don't think they check that box. Like that's not – he's a good player. He's a good player to have on your team. He's a winning player, but I still don't think – you lose Dylan in that size, and we talked about this team getting bigger. You go out and add Smart, and Smart can't bring a lot of the things that Dylan brings, but I still think you need more size on a wing. It'd be nice if they could have another guy off the bench. It doesn't even have to be anybody of note. A guy like Dorian Finney-Smith, I think, could, could really help this team. So it's going to be interesting, but I feel pretty confident that they're going to do something. I don't think they're going to let the trade deadline go by without doing anything, like I said, unless they're in a situation where they're just kind of packing it up for this season. I think even still then, if they, there's something out there where they feel like this could be advantageous going forward, I, I think I would still put a trigger on it. I'm not at 99. I'm surprised you're at 99. I'm I, I'm at 65 to 70. I think. Are you the not? But you know how I am about this front off, but I just yeah. feel like they're kind of backed into the corner, kind of the situation they're in. I feel like at center, I think they got to do something. I don't 
I don't see how you just let this ride out. I'd, I'd be surprised, but I, I'm at sixty five seventy. I think I'm overall. I'm pretty much with you for the most part. I I I do fear a little bit since Biz Mag has picked up his performance. I, I don't want them to get complacent. Uh, yeah, they, they will. They since, will do that. They will do Big that. Biz Mag doesn't look unplayable. <laughs> I hope they on um. I hope it doesn't require him looking unplayable for them to see that <laughs> still need a clear <laughs> upgrade right there. Um. That would be my. I think that probably is the only thing I think gives me pause. I think when he was looking unplayable and X was looking unplayable, I think I'm with you. But uh, if Bismack does play, you know, pretty decent, do they back up off that? Do they get more conservative? I'm not sure now. I I, I like. I agree with you on the size. I I have a feeling that that's not something they're going to address this off season. I'm sorry, sorry. This like trade deadline, and I'm not even sure that that's something that they need to. I think they want to see what it looks like in a playoff series with, with the size. I mean, I think that's something they're going to see. I mean, they do have Vince. Um, and <laughs> since everybody back on the Zaire train, they got Zaire. They got to figure that out too. The two way thing that's, they got to find a way to open up a that's roster. Spot because if, if they're going to make the play in playoff, you need him to be available. You like do. you can't, can't go into playoffs and not have him. So they got to figure that out as well. So I think that's another reason True. that leads me to believe they're going to do something. I, I don't know how, how big it is, but I believe they go out and do something. Because I, I feel like this is going to be a really active trade deadline. When I look around the league, I just feel like there's a lot of guys out there. You see a lot of guys, the Golden State guys, a lot of young guys saying that they don't like their, their role. I, I think there's going to be significant movement. Yeah, and that there's opportunity. I think the market, I think you're right. The market is set for them to be able to do something. Or in a, a center in, in, in one that's going to break the bank, per se, necessarily to upgrade, depending on what type of center. Andre Drummond, man. So <laughs> Andre Drummond, man, I've been saying it ever yeah. since the day they announced Stephen Allen was out, man, it, because I just think the Bulls, they're not going to be able to break the bank on, on trading him because they have Vucevic. It's not like everybody knows that that's not a situation where it's not like they're trading their starting center. Right. And he's kind of talked about he wants a bigger role. He wants out. So they don't have a, a lot of leverage. Um, I just think he fit in perfectly. I mean, you talk about a team that lacks rebounding. That's what he does. He's going to take up space, gobble up rebounds, and that's pretty much what they need. He can finish at the basket, and that's all they need. You got a guy like Jock get the ball on the inside to him to finish. That's I mean, he, and he's a pretty good passer. I mean, I'm not saying he's Steven Adams, but he he can make – I've seen him make some good passes out of the post, so I, I just think he's a, a really good fit, just kind of what they need. I don't know long-term at his age uh, and the mileage that he has on him, he's the guy that you're going to be looking at long-term. But if you're looking at somebody that can really help you right now, I, I really, really think he can step in and fill that void. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I think they do I, I think they do because of the win situation, which I didn't I didn't consider in terms of trade, I think that does give me maybe a little bit more confidence because they will have yeah. to do something. I don't think they're gonna I think they're getting to the point where they realize they need the guy, man. They tried to like not have him in rotation in, in bits and spurts and see how that went. It didn't go well. So uh so far that that that's good. I think, you know Because they could they could just weigh Laravia, but I, I, I can't see them doing it. I just don't nice. see them doing it. I just don't. They they they're not the front office to admit mistakes. Like they're gonna play it out to the end. They picked up his his option. Like he's so I mean, I I just don't see them doing that and eating that money. But it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, man. It's just you just hope this team can take this momentum from this win and keep it going forward. Cause they got some some tough games going up. I mean, you got at Phoenix tomorrow night. We'll see if KD plays in that one. Uh for our sake, I hope he sits out. He didn't play in the last game, so we'll see what happens there. Then at, at the Mavs, uh, uh, then you got the Clippers, Knicks, and the Warriors on Martin Luther King Day. And I, I was looking at that situation with Draymond, uh, announced that he's about to start wrapping up for a return, which is insane. Uh, I think that he only got 12 games. Yeah, 12, but man. they say he's going to ramp, ramp up for about a week. And guess who the Warriors play a week from now, Monday, Next Monday, they play the Memphis Grizz. I got a sneaky man, feeling. None of my guys, man. I swear to God. Yeah, I got, I got a sneaky feeling that's going to be his first game back. National television, it just makes too much sense. So I got a feeling that's going to be exactly when he returns. We see that happen a lot. It seems like guys always, when they're hurt or on suspension or whatever, they always come back against the Grizzlies. That's something that I've seen like over the years. That happens more times than not. So when I when I first saw that, I looked at the schedule. I was like, man, of course. A week from now, they're playing the Grizzlies, but yeah, man, I ain't none of that, none of that dirty stuff. Um, we, yeah. we don't, we don't need none of that. Don't injure none of our guys, man. Nah, thankfully, I think he'll probably. If that is his first game back. I think he's gonna be on his good, on best behavior. Oh maybe. yeah, at least yeah. for that. At least for that, like I said, our eyes gonna be watching. Yeah, for TV too. Like he ain't gonna, he ain't gonna try to do nothing. Yeah, he ain't, he ain't gonna be able to get away with nothing on that. <laughs> so 
So that's the good news, at least in, in that regard. But they do have a tough schedule here, and so you just hope that they can start really piecing together this offense, what you want to see moving forward, them get some offensive momentum going and, and, and get some chemistry going. You want to continue to see some continuity build because they just haven't been able to, man, and it's been no fault of their own. But you just really want to see that kind of build right now. Uh, now's the time. I mean, you got other teams faltering, teams like the Lakers faltering, uh, Warriors faltering, uh, Chris Paul just went out, announced he uh, had a hand injury, so he's going to be yeah. out for some time. Uh, you just kind of hope that those guys can kind of follow you, sort of take advantage of of getting getting in higher with the standings as they continue to struggle, because uh, it's going to take some other teams to lose in order for the Grizz to to really move their way up, man. But but all in all, like I said, just just a great game. It was just a, a really refreshing win, a much-needed win. Uh, be great if they can get one of these other two games. Uh, you said Phoenix and then Mavs. And Dallas on two. Yeah, they need to, they need to split those. And I, and I forgot to mention uh, the injury report came out today, and John Moran is questionable tomorrow night with right shoulder soreness. So, no. yeah, yeah, they, they, they came out about, about a few hours ago. I had forgot to, had forgot all about that when we jumped on here. So hopefully he – He's able to go, and that's nothing serious. We know what job we've seen usually with with this team with him. Usually injuries they're completely different. Like he don't sit out. Like if it's something with him, he's back. So when he's questionable, hopefully he's able to go. Vince Williams is upgraded to questionable uh, with left foot soreness. So hopefully he's able to go as well. But yeah, that's definitely something to watch, man. Because if Ja doesn't go, we know how how tough that is, man. So that that was a kind of surprise. I didn't see anything yeah. going on in the Lakers game after the game that made it right. think that there was anything going on with him. So we'll see. He, he probably played through it in the game, and it, that gives me optimism. He'll play through it at least. Now he might yeah. not. But with Ja, with ja you usually feel more positive about it than you would feel if somebody else was close. Right, for sure. He, he, you might feel, you know, he, he might not look himself, so you'll need other guys to kind of step up. Uh, You need, you know, the guys on the bench to make shots like Vince sort of offset that because maybe he's more of a decoy after maybe he doesn't you know as aggressive with the jump shot uh that type maybe that's why he took so many jump shots I don't know <laughs> and that's why he took so many he took seven threes uh maybe that's why maybe he just didn't want to do too much in the lane I don't know uh the threes fell for him they we need for them to fall again uh we're gonna have another game for him I, I'm not gonna trip too much because I think he knows they need him and 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 the team knows organization knows that he's needed, man, because I feel like he played those other games just sick. Like, I don't feel like he was better. Yeah. I just feel like he was just just as sick, but he had to play. You know, he just couldn't afford it. Yeah, that was somebody else. They probably they probably sitting out. I, yeah. I, I agree, agree with you there. They, they treat John differently because they know how important he is. And definitely with these two road games, I mean, coming up with Phoenix, hopefully I, I wouldn't mind. Like I said, I ain't ducking no smoke, but if Kevin Durant decides he wants to or they want to sit him out tomorrow night, man, I definitely ain't got no problem with that. Yeah, we ain't got to take the hard road. <laughs> hey, we just need wins, man. I don't care how we get it. We ain't got to take the hard road at all, man. But uh, <laughs> you got anything else on this game? No, nah, man. I just – just a, uh, I'm not going to say a season-saving victory, but a, a really important one. Just kind of the trajectory they were on. It was looking bleak there, man. So that, that gives you some hope that maybe they can stay in because they were only – I think I, I haven't looked at it today, but they were only five games. They might be the move back five and a half or six now uh, since last night in the developments. Uh, let me see what's going on right now. Didn't look like we were going to get any help tonight the last time I looked. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, the Bucks down by 10 to the Rockets with eight minutes to go, 93 to 83. So you would like the Rockets to win that, lose that game, but they've been winning pretty much the entire game. Of course, the Bucks decided to put up a stinker when we need them to need them to win. Uh, so man, the Jazz, Jazz got to win. Nine, so. man, I really thought the 7 yeah. was going to beat the Jazz. What's going on, man? All right. Yeah. I was so, really thinking we can get some help there. I'm with you. So, so yeah, don't look like we're going to get Let me take a look at it right now. They are, they're five right now in the oh, Golden State. So, so Houston is actually at ninth. So they, they would be, they would move to six and a half behind ninth. So they, they still, they're still only five behind Golden State because they didn't play today. So, so they're still good there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, they need, and some of these other teams. At least Utah, Utah, Utah is gonna move. Utah is gonna move up a game, a half a game, though. So, yeah, Utah is a, is a number one target right now. That's that's who I'm. I'm I'm buying every one of their games. I'm trying to see if they gonna fall. And they did have a tough schedule. I thought they might lose 76ers, and and they got another tough game. Uh, I want to say. Yeah, it's it, it been some wild, books. wild games this year, man. Some blo crazy blowouts, like bad teams beating. I mean, it's been some wild results this year for sure. 
They got the Bucks and the Nuggets. I need for them two teams to do their job and gang gone. They got these Jazz. Jazz don't seem to want to go down, man. <laughs> Jazz don't want to seem to go down. But it, <laughs> but anyway, I think I think it's important that you know we we got to keep up with other teams and what they got going on in this to the Grizz is winning. So, but anyway, uh, I think that's what we have for the show. Isaac, want to close us out? Uh, will you? We find me on Twitter at Candace H nine zero one. Um, I'm not sure about David's handle. Shout out David Williams. Just uh. He's on my profile. Yeah, NBA D Will two one. Uh, I had to make sure I write it down so I didn't so I didn't botch it uh, before <laughs> we went to the show. I figured I was gonna have to have to get it in there for him. But at, at NBA D Will two one for for David Williams, you can find me at Isaac Double underscore NBA. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in, man. Go over there and eat those Grizzlies. Give us a like and a follow. Again, the Grizzlies will take on the Phoenix Suns tomorrow night. That is a seven p.m. tip. Uh, Phoenix is a four and a, Grizz are a four and a half point underdog. Uh, like I said, job pops up on injury report. I think Kevin Durant is also questionable for Phoenix. So hopefully, even if Ja don't go, we definitely don't want Kevin Durant to play. But I don't want him to play any, either way, man. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna lie, man. We get the dub any kind of way we want, so any way we can get it. So, uh, we'll be looking forward to that. Uh, we'll be back with a post game. If not tomorrow night, maybe Monday night. Uh, prior to them taking on the Mavericks on Tuesday night to, to take back, hopefully. Be talking about two in a row uh, for the Grizzlies because Phoenix is another team that they're fighting. Surprisingly, that's not a team that anybody thought that was a team that people thought was competing at the top of the West, and they're down in the play-in area right now as well. So uh, you never know what's going to happen in association, but but that's a an important game tomorrow night as they all are. But got a chance to make up some ground tomorrow night. So excited about that! Uh, thanks again for everybody for tuning in. Uh, until next time, we're gone.